0: You are listening to audio from the Creek Church. If you would like more information about the Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. How we doing? It's good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, I'm upright this week. Um, for those of you who missed last week, I was hobbled over, uh, crazy back pain, but uh, um, I, uh, I learned something about our Creek family that kind of scares me a little bit. You guys have some drugs. I mean, I, after every service, somebody's like, I got something that'll knock you out for three days, man. Like, I don't want to be knocked out for three days. I just want my back to work right, man. Like, hey, my back's fine, but I'm going into rehab. But... um. I, uh, <clears throat> I also, if you know anything about me, if it's worth doing anything, you just got to go all in. So this week, not just the back issues, I decided to get a sinus infection so I could just get it all out of the way. Um, it, it's not COVID, don't worry. But I did learn something. Our society has changed so much in the last year. You know what happens if you cough in public? Oh, it's like the Red Sea parting, man. You go to a store, it could be crowded. I just like, <clears throat> and like, <clears throat> I was like so that lane's open now, right? <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so uh, so just bear with me. I mean, I, I, I sound much worse than I feel. Um, so anyway, but uh, this week as we continue on in our series, What's the Point? Uh, we're going to look at what's the point of serving, and, and I just want to thank everybody for serving. Uh, you guys reached out to me. I mean, you served me this week, and it was very, it was very humbling. It was amazing, you know, the phone calls, the text, and, and things that were showing up in my house. I, I got on an inversion table for the first time in my life, and, and I threatened Heather. I was like, you will not video this at all, um, because I had all these images in my mind of what would be on YouTube going viral as I'm trying to get on an inversion table with a back that I can't even stand up straight. And so uh, I just, she goes, I got a video this. I said, No, you will not. But um, thank you guys for, for loving on us and serving us. And, uh, and uh, what's the point of serving? I, I, you know, as, as we're going through this series, it's really kind of connecting the why of what we do. I mean, there's a lot of times we just get into this flow or we get into, we create habits and we, we never stop and go, why do I do this or or why is this important? And, and we've been looking at some of those those basics of our faith and uh, I didn't realize how many of you had some baggage associated with the things we've been working through. I mean, when we opened the series and talked about why what's the point of church and, and then last week, what's the point of giving, it, I've gotten so many... Uh, Emails, texts, and even conversations of, of you, uh, you helping me understand the baggage that you've had in that area, and, and how many of you grew up in church where you're just told this is what you do? You know, the, the, the Bible says so, so just do it, but never understanding the why, it's, and it just doesn't connect with us, right? And, and we miss that. When we miss the why, we miss the importance. When we miss the importance, we miss the ability to do what God's called us to do, and that's actually changed the world. And... Uh, you know, so when I was doing some study and reading about, about serving, I, I came across an article in a magazine that, that talked about uh, serving, when, when people have uh, an actual routine of serving other people, not just a once and done, but when there's an, a regular sacrifice of serving is what this article stated, that it actually has some health benefits to us. This article uh, brought in some scientists and, and, and did some research, but it, they found that it reduces the risk of dementia, it reduces the risk of depression, reduces the risk of loneliness, and scientists now say loneliness is just as damaging to the human heart as smoking. They said also that the mortality rates of those who regularly serve go up by 22%, which means you live longer. And I would argue that if you're doing this for Christ, you live Forever, you live a whole lot longer, and um, you know. But here's what I know as as a teacher, as a pastor: that stats don't move us; stories move us. So I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story about the greatest servant I've ever encountered. And in John 13, we see it's a man named Jesus. Jesus is fully man and fully God. And Jesus is coming to that point of the Passover meal where he's, he's going to spend that time with his disciples. He knows the cross is coming, and he knows that, that a whole fulfillment of his earthly mission is coming. And he does something incredible after dinner one night. So, so this, is, this is what the scene looks like. Let me, let me paint the scene, and then let's get into this. So he says, now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and he was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So what you see in those first few verses is, is what Jesus knows and then what Jesus does. So think about the scene. So, so all the disciples are with Jesus. They have a meal. And all of a sudden, you know, and, and we tend to, listen, when, when you read scripture, we tend to uh, look at the disciples and things as like a, a holy crowd, right? We're like, oh yeah, they obviously know what Jesus is doing. I mean, they're walking with Jesus, right? These are men. Okay, and, and I don't know if you're watching the show Chosen, if you're not Highly recommend it. But it really gives, a, gives us an idea of that, that each disciple has a personality and they do a great job developing personalities. And, and, and so these are men, they're, and, and they're, these aren't the best of the best that are following Jesus. Jesus didn't go after the scholars. He didn't go after, you know, the A players. He went after the ones that, that he went after the dropouts, right? and And, and so they're all sitting there. They're having a meal. Then all of a sudden, Jesus gets up. I mean, he's, in, in Jesus' mind, the dialogue is going hey, I know that God has put all things into my hands. And what we see in his hands is the ability to love and serve other people. So he gets up. He walks over to a, to a table and, and he takes off his, his outer garment, takes off his outer robe. And then he lays it aside. And then he wraps a towel around his waist. He, he takes a basin and fills it with water. He walks over, and then he comes to the disciple. He kneels down and he starts washing their feet. I mean, it's an incredible thing. He's the God of the universe. He takes off his his, his his mantle. He takes off his outer garment, which would be a sign of his it would be a sign of his pride, really, because in the first century, your outer garment, your cloak was one of your most prized possessions. And he took it off. And he says, I'm I'm stripping myself of all of this so that I can can serve you. It's it's exactly what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He took off that, that mantle. He emptied himself and became a servant, a servant even unto death. And see, what Jesus knew was that God had put, the Father had put all things into his hands, and then he did something with it. See, we tend, to, we tend to reduce discipleship in church, and when we look at, talk about this term discipleship and growing in our faith, and when we say, I want to grow in my faith, I want to grow in my relationship with God, we, we think that's all informational. We, we, in our culture, we think of growing in our relationship with God as intellectual ascent. And listen, information is, is, is vital. We need to know what God has done. But listen, the, the, the dots have to connect, and then we do something with it. So what Jesus knows, and then he acts out of that. And then he comes to Peter. As he's washing their feet, he comes to Peter. And I, I, I really like Peter because Peter's the type of guy that he's no filter. He, you know what he's thinking, you know, and he's always going to be upfront. And he's one of those people that will say something. You're like, nah, you shouldn't have said that. But it's out there now, so let's deal with it. But Jesus comes to Peter, and, and, and look, at, look at verse 6. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Now, we just read that in black and white, right? Now, to understand his personality a bit, and the hothead, he's got to look at that. What are you doing? Jesus, what are you doing? You're not going to, you're coming, you, uh, why are you doing this? Because that position, the foot washer, was the lowest position for every servant in the house. Remember growing up having to do chores? Oh, man. So cleaning the toilet was probably one of the worst ones, right? Well, I grew up on a farm, so I can get into a whole lot worse ones. But we had a rabbit, and this rabbit stayed in. We we had this thing that the rabbit stayed in, and then, you know, every so often, you know, I drew the short straw, and I had to clean out the rabbit pen. And they make a lot of stuff, okay? And it's not easy to deal with, and so that, that, uh, growing up, that was the worst job. You know, so foot washer would be like three levels below that. A foot washer would be like, if I could get a promotion someday to clean out the rabbit pen, right? So, so Peter's looking at him like, man, you're not, you're not doing this. He, he tells him, he says, uh, Jesus answered him. He said, what I'm doing, you don't understand now, but afterward you will understand. You ever had that happen to you? Like you're facing a situation and, and you're like, God, why is this happening? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I feel like a lot of times God will say to me, Matt, you don't understand this now, but afterwards you will. You ever been through something like that with God? I mean, he always has our best, but yet we... we... Anyway, Jesus is like, you don't get this now, Peter, but you will in a minute. And Peter said, You'll never wa- you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet also, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, because he knew who was going to betray him. You know what struck me about this? I love that Jesus went to the dirtiest part of Peter. Now, if you're a guy, you're thinking that's not the dirtiest part. I had that conversation with God. I was like, well, you know, God, the feet really aren't the dirtiest part because, you know, there's another area that. But here's what God... Okay, just go with me on this. (laughs) I know I'm taking a leap here. But here's what God shared with me. That's your stuff. But your feet, you're dealing with everybody else's stuff too. And God goes to deal with that first. I love that Jesus comes to the dirtiest part of who we are to wash us, not with water, but with grace. And those areas that we, so, we work so hard to keep hidden from everyone else, and we keep hidden from even we think we're hiding it from God, that's the exact area that he steps into. And he says, I'm coming to the dirtiest part of your life, the part that you're most ashamed of, the part that, you, that if, when I approach you, you're like, you ain't touching that, Jesus. But he says, I have the grace to cover it. I love that he goes that way first. I mean, he just didn't say, well, you know, let's, let's deal with the easy stuff. Jesus goes for not just your stuff, but the stuff that everybody else has put you through. And the stuff that you're carrying, that you've walked through. Think about what a first century foot would walk through. He says, I've de- I, that's where I go and deal with it. I love that that's the heart of Jesus, that he's going to go to that place that we so are ashamed of first. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And then, and then verse 17 really just ties up the point. He says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So he goes back to what he's experiencing at the beginning of that story, right? Because Jesus knows what God has done for him. He knows what God has put in his hands, and then he acts on that. And what he does is he takes them through this process of not just teaching them about serving others, but showing them. And then he says, you you know this, and now you're blessed if you do it. I mean, we want to skip the blessing. I mean, we live in a culture where, you know, we want a 90-second hamburger, right? Right? Uh, you know, if, if it takes longer than a minute and a half to get our food at a restaurant or a drive-thru, we start freaking out, and we want instant blessing. And we, you know, listen, we, the things of, of God aren't always going to be an instant gratification side. It, we, we have to realize that God is building into us, and then we, we automatically think, well, I gave Jesus my life, and everything should work well. Listen, God never promised that when we give him, his, give, give him our life that everything's going to go our way. And we, we, want, we want Jesus, listen, we want Jesus to serve us. That's something that, that we're, we're like, I mean, think about our culture. We're like, yeah, Jesus served me. Oh, you wash my feet. Okay, yeah, wash my feet. Hey, wash my car too. Hey, and while you're at it, I mean, think about how we treat the, the greatest servant of all time who was also God wrapped in flesh who humbled himself, and then we start, we start getting in the way. And Jesus like, if you know these things, then you do them, because the information should lead to action. See, the information that we ad- absorb should start to shape our values. And when our values are shaped, that's how we start to act around the people around us. And what Jesus is trying to do is he, he's a great master. He's a great, he says, you call me Lord and teacher, and you're right. So a great teacher does some things very well. A great teacher just doesn't just instruct. I mean, think about the people that you've had in your life that have been great teachers or great mentors, great coaches. They don't just instruct you. They'll they'll teach you. They'll show you, and then they'll release you. It's exactly what Jesus is doing in in this story. It's exactly what happened after dinner. Jesus has been spending time with the disciples. He's teaching them about the kingdom of heaven. He's teaching them about the character of God. Now he's showing them how the character of God interacts in the broken world around us. And then he says, the thing, I, I've set an example, now go do it. And when I, when I think about you know, all the reasons, I mean, Jesus asks us to it, not just to say, I told you to go serve, go serve. I mean, think about what, what serving does. What's the point of serving? I think, I think it humbles us. It keeps us humble. I mean, we have a tendency to fight pride. I mean, every day I'm fighting pride, and I don't think I'm alone in that. And when I when I put somebody else's needs above my own, when I when I put on this this mentality of I want to serve someone else above myself, it, it helps me fight my pride and it keeps me humble. When I get to go into situations where where I, I see that God's doing something through my hands that I don't have the ability to do myself, it humbles me. I mean. Scripture tells us that God gives grace to the humble. He he lifts up those who are humble, but he opposes the proud. What that literally means is this. Let me help you understand this. If you you operate in pride, God says it's not just I'm not going to give you grace. Because I give grace to the humble. I'm not just going to not give you grace. God's saying I am setting myself in opposition of you. I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but that, that, that scares me <laughs> to think of the creator of the universe that could do that, and I'm gone, you know? You know, you ever been around somebody and they say something like, oh, I'm going to move away because a lightning might strike me too? Hey, God is that good. You don't have to I don't move away when people say something stupid because, like, hey, God's that good. He's got that good of aim. Like, I can be standing right here with you, and you can say something stupid because like, you gone, and I'm fine. I mean, not, I won't even get singed, you know? I mean... But he says, I set myself against the proud. And when we, when we serve someone, it helps us keep in perspective to lay aside all of these things. That's that mindset that Jesus is trying to get us into, right? I mean, go back to Philippians chapter 2. You know, Jesus did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. What does that mean? All of the deity that is Jesus, because Jesus is fully God and he's fully man. All of the deity... Jesus laid aside. He uncloaked it so that he could serve. I mean, he's God, right? Think about, think about like walking around with Jesus. I, you know, I'll go back to the show Chosen, and you know what struck me as just awesome about our God? He built a fire. I mean, he could have done, you know. uh, Hey Jesus, can you get the fire going? Done? What's next? But but he engaged in humanity. And that's exactly what we see in the heart. The mind, and, and Paul said, have this mind in Philippians 2, have this mind among yourselves. Well, in order for me to have that mindset, listen, I've got to have the same heart as Jesus. And when, when I serve others, when we serve others, that reflects the heart of Jesus. It doesn't shine a light on Matt. It doesn't shine a light on the creek. It doesn't shine a light on anywhere. I mean, it shines the light on the heart of Jesus that, that we reflect his heart. That it, you know, listen, I, I'm full of brokenness. I am a hot mess. But when, when we serve, people don't see me. They see Jesus. And I'm amazed at it whenever we get into these scenarios and we're serving. And I mean, name anything. I mean, name any area of serving. And that's how we're going to see it. I mean, that we are called to serve and reflect that heart. I mean, I see it, I see it everywhere. And that's what Jesus does. He says, go reflect my heart. Go be me. Go be my hands and my feet. It's what, so these disciples, so John 13 is when he washed your feet. But in John 14... He says to them, the things you've seen me do, you're gonna do. But you'll do it in greater measure. So that that's that's the Lord and teacher Jesus saying, I've taught you, I've showed you, now I'm releasing you. And we think discipleship is keep teaching me, keep teaching me. And, and I, I wanna I want to share a thought with you I had um, really strike me, and I'm, I'm still working to put it into words. So it's something that God shared with me um, on, on our sabbatical, and I'm still kind of wordsmithing it. But, but we tend to think that, that of a disciple as a student, right? A student to learn, to absorb information, to, to get more and more and more in our mind. And what, what God was showing me is that a disciple is, is more like an apprentice. And, and a, an apprentice is not qualified by the amount of information they know, but by the amount of trust the master puts in them. And growing up, my official job title as a kid in our house was the light holder. I mean, if we're working on a tractor, if we're working on a truck, if we're working on a sink, if we're working, doesn't matter what we're working on, my official job responsibilities was to hold the light, you know? And pay attention. And so what I'm doing, I'm holding the light and I'm paying attention to what my father is doing. And he's working on it. And then I hit an age where I I, I didn't have to hold the light anymore because I got to get in and work on something. I got to get in and turn a wrench. I got to get in and and do do some work. And then my father says, now you know how to do it, do it. I mean, I, I can work on things around my own house because I started out holding the light. So my father would teach me, right, he would show me, teach me, observe him. He would do it, and then he would say, now you do it, and he would be right there with me as I'm doing it, talking me through it. It's exactly what's happening as a disciple. See, we think, I can't go out and do anything big for God, or I can't go, I can't go do what I feel like he's calling me to do because I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. Listen, can I help us all? None of us are enough, but he is. And what happens is he doesn't say, he doesn't say, I've called you to this ministry and I've called you to engage the world and I've called you to serve the world. And once you know enough, then I'll send you. No, he sends us and he says, listen, you're going to mess this up. There's so many times that I feel like God is calling me to do something. I'm like, God, I'm going to screw this up. And you know what I feel him say? You're exactly right. You are, but you can still do it. You'll learn in the mistakes. I trust you to do it. I cannot believe God trusts me to lead this church. I cannot believe. I was driving here this morning, and 11 years ago today was our first baptism. And so, I, so instead of driving to church, I'm driving down memory lane, thinking about all the last 11 years, all those baptisms, the first baptism and everything. And I just got this overwhelmed feeling, and it drove me back to humility, because it's like, God, I cannot believe you trust me to do this. And it's not because I, I, am, I know enough but it's because I, I have this desire to reflect the heart of Jesus in our community. And to reflect the heart of Jesus to our world. And, and and the beautiful thing is he trusts me to do it. It's absolutely humbling. And then what it ultimately brings us to is being able to reflect Jesus' heart so that God gets the glory. That we, we, we shine the light on God's glory. And Jesus, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, he says, you are the light of the world. Whether, whether You know, there are days I don't feel like it, but he says, you are the light of the world. But he also says, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and they praise your Father in heaven. They glorify your Father who is in heaven. What happens is, is when we serve others, we become the tangible hands and feet of Christ. It's what Colossians says that Jesus, the supremacy of God, he is the in image of the invisible God. And people are like, well, I've never seen God. I have. I, I, I saw God as a little girl standing on this platform leading us in communion. I, I, I saw God this week of people who were... Texting me and and, and, and encouraging me and say, I'm praying for you and 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 bringing a, a table to my an inversion table to my house. And I saw God. I saw God in in, in the leaders that were were checking in and going back to invest in the next generation of our, of our kids that will be standing on the platform speaking the word of God. I saw God today, He was standing out at the driveway waving you in. It's the tangible hands and feet of Christ that we see. That we're called to reflect the heart of Jesus so that God gets the glory. See, see, when we serve, the point of serving is to make his name great. The point of serving is that when somebody needs help and we can help them and we have a resource, you've got a need, I've got a means and I can, I can engage in this and I can be a part of changing the world. That's exactly what we're called to do to change the world. And I don't want them to look and say, oh, Matt, you're so great for doing this for me or or, the creek is so great for doing this. No, I want them to say, you have an incredible father in heaven. I don't understand this level of love and then we get to say, let me tell you about it. Let me show you what it looks like and let me release you to love people the same way. It's exactly what we're called to do. And when we, when we really understand this, the same Peter, listen, the same Peter that said, you're not washing my feet. He got it. He connected the why. And he gave his life to the service of Jesus and the gospel. And, and, and then he wrote something. And I want to read to you to show you that Peter got it. He said, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. To go from you're never washing my feet to giving his life to take this message of Jesus to the world. And he says, every one of us, we have this gift. He says, you've been given this great gift and, 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 and you're just sitting on it. He said, use it. Some of you have the gift to be able to, to teach others as though you're speaking the very oracles of God. Some of you have the ability to do things Where people don't see your strength, they see the strength of God Almighty working through you. And what he's saying is, I have taught you, I've shown you, and now I'm releasing you. Go, serve others so that you walk in humility. That's the heart of Jesus, and we reflect that to the world. He gets the glory. And the world who so desperately needs to see that there's something bigger going on will say, I saw God. I saw God through the hands of somebody that served me. Listen, the whole point of serving is this. It is to keep our heart connected to God. It is to reflect his goodness. It is ultimately so we can change the world through his power and through his strength. Father, we love you and we thank you for that strength and that power. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you that you've given us gifts and you you trust us, God, to use those gifts. And it's it's amazing to think of your trust for us. Jesus, thank you for your example. Thank you for, for serving us by washing us through your work on the cross, through what you did on the cross, you've brought us the ability to be clean, even in the darkest parts of who we are, even the areas that we think we can hide from you. Thank you for, for stepping in with your love and with your grace to change us. And I ask you to wash people today. I ask you to wash them with that, the salvation that only comes from your hands through what you did on the cross. God, I just pray that, that right now, it, it, for those that are, that, are, that are seeing that moment, that they need you, they recognize a need for you, that they just call out to you, they just say, Jesus, I need you to forgive me. I need you to clean me. And I'm asking you to give me forgiveness. I'm asking you to save me. I'm asking for your life. Here's mine. Thank you for serving me. I believe that you have changed me and I believe you have a gift for me and I believe you have a purpose and a, a plan for my life and I know ultimately with what you want my life to be is all about your glory. God, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to forgive us when pride gets in the way. God, forgive us when, when, when laziness gets in the way. Forgive us when apathy gets in the way. Forgive us for not using the gifts that you've given us. I'm asking you to clothe us, clothe us with humility. Give us your heart to serve others all for God's glory. We pray this in your powerful, wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at